Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good afternoon, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here on this episode 62 uh, of the Fifth Estate Podcast for one of Friday, 16th of November, to th- uh, September 2022. Uh, getting a bit ahead of myself there. Uh, today, a bit of a discussion about King Charles III. Uh, Going to have share my thoughts on the Maureen, Maureen Faruqi and Pauline Hanson uh, saga. My comments on the kids and gender uh, thing that Rebel News and, and Avi Yamini have picked up. And then ending uh, on a bit of a rant from me. Uh, that relates to ESG and potentially the coming cashless society. So, um, King Charles III, now, it's the thing. I mean, he's only been in the job or the role for a week and, you know, a couple of days ago uh, he's – actually, no, I think it was over the weekend, last weekend, he had a bit of a – uh, there was a bit of a saga where he was seen, um, you know, motioning in a what was said to be a, a passive-aggressive manner or a, a cranky manner to get some pen trays off the table because he was signing this massive document. And then it happened uh, a couple of days later when he, I think it was over in Ireland he had to um, sign another document and he had a bit of a rant about his pen. Now... Those who are definitely anti-monarchist and, and anti-monarchy and everything like that are pointing to that. Is just, oh, you know, he's the temper of the king. He's not living up to his mother's standard and, and this and that. But you know what? I think those people should pull their heads out of their own backsides and consider that what he's going through. And, you know, it's the thing. You know, he less than a week ago his mother died and... Everything that has happened since then has been public. So he hasn't been able to effectively grieve. He hasn't been able to uh, do anything. And, you know, everything's in the public light straight away. And he's just, you know, whilst he knew that the day was going to come and um, it's something that, you know, he with Her Majesty's um, failing health that... You know, would have he would have had an idea that it was coming sooner rather than later, but it's still the thing is that you know, for uh, your mother to pass away, and you know, you inherit the family business straight away. You've got no handover. You've got no lead in. You've just got to bang everything like that. He's been nonstop for the last week. Um, I, I think having a bit of crankiness about a pen is is excusable, um, it should be excused, um, considering what he's going through, what he's been through, and, you know, undoubtedly without, about the pressure that he's under. Uh, so, you know, it, it's the thing. I think that it's it's perfectly acceptable and that we do need to be giving him a bit of a break. Um, let's wait, you know, a couple of months. If he's still getting cranky about the pens, then, you know what, for, for well, for all and well, or f- whatever it is, you know, have a rant about him um, making comments about the pens. Uh, but, you know, here I am, you know, I 
I'm a bit of a pen connoisseur here. I have uh, a number of fountain pens and um, what's this one? This one's a, uh, I know it's radio, you can't actually see the pen that I'm holding in my hand. Uh, it's a Lamarki uh, pen from uh, T4s. Uh, it was a Kickstarter one. Took ages to come out here. Uh, I've got two. I've got a gold-coloured one, and I've got a dark grey one. Uh, and these are my everyday pens uh, for that. And you know, I, I love these pens, but I still get cranky when they run out. Um, same as my fountain pen. Uh, you know, filling the fountain pen up uh, because I don't use the uh, replaceable cartridges. I take it out of the ink jars and all that sort of stuff. A little bit old school there and you know you do get cranky when you get ink stains on your hand and, and all that sort of stuff but no king charles he's allowed to get cranky he, he the little pen that he was having the, the bit of a huff about supposedly happens all the time every time he uses it so you know why shouldn't he have a bit of a rant about that so yeah i i think it's just something that people need to um you know Need to give him a break, um, cut him some slack, and uh, let him go. Now, moving on from that, cutting people some slack. Now, someone that I don't think we should cut some slack to is the uh, Greens Senator. Uh, where's that article? Uh, Maureen, Maureen Faruqi, or Faruqi? Uh, she's a Greens Senator for New South Wales. Uh, she's had a bit of a, a rant. Oh, no, she's a doctor. Um, uh, so, yeah, anyway, she, she had a bit of a rant on Twitter. Uh, let me find that tweet. Here we go. Uh, Condolences to those who knew the Queen. I cannot mourn the leader of a racist empire built on stolen lives, land and wealth of colonised people. We are reminded of the urgency of treaty with First Nations, justice and reparations for British colonies and becoming a republic. Now, Ms. Hansen has turned around and said, your attitude appalls and disgusts me. When you immigrated to Australia, you took every advantage of this country. You took citizenship, bought multiple homes and a job in Parliament. It's clear you're not happy, so pack your bags and piss off back to Pakistan. Now, as is usually the case when someone says something about, you know, the left, uh, first thing they say, oh, my, that's racism, that's a racist comment. Well, is it? I mean, you know, it, it, it. Where, where was the comment? Just telling someone to piss off back home. You know, where they were born, and probably where. Actually, no. If she's in parliament, she would have renounced her citizenship. Uh, so, you know what? Um, she's here now. So, yeah, it, it, it's the thing. Um, I think. Ms. Hansen was justified in, in making that comment. Uh, if one person can make the comments that they did, well, then, you know, you've got to say, oh, but free speech, she's entitled to make those comments. Well, if Maureen, the, the watermelon, is able to make those comments, well, then uh, Pauline Hansen is able to make those comments back because this is the thing. Free speech either applies unequivocally to all and without hindrance or it doesn't apply to anyone. And this is uh, this is what what people need to understand is, is that free speech needs to be absolute. It can't be controlled in any way. Um, otherwise, it's it, it gets down to the path where 
you know, you, you keep creating limits on it and you keep, um, you know, creating boundaries. It reminds me of the um, John Luke Picard speech. Um, was it Civil Rights? Um, the drumhead. Um, it's... Uh, hang on, let's look for videos Um, because I I think that that's – here we go. Um, Hang on, let's – I've just dug it out. Um, So let's see if I can get technology to work and that this can play Um, because I think that this is just something that we do need to uh, be mindful of even in this day and age. You know? There are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. But the first link the chain is forged, the first speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. Uh, so... That wasn't actually the, the. I mean, it basically said it all. I think it was a little bit more uh, for that, but that it is something that we all do need to be aware of. And for those who are turning around saying that, oh, but you know, Pauline Hanson shouldn't have said that. Well, you know what? You are. You're, you're saying that the first thought, you know, has to be censored or your thought restricted and everything like that. Um, what happens next? So we turn around and we, you know, we condemn Pauline Hanson for what she said because we don't like what she said. So what what happens then? You know, who do we do we keep condemning people for saying things that we don't like? And then what happens after that? Uh, so yeah, I think at that point in time, um, the Greens senator should have. Uh, made a choice of not to make it political. She should have just kept her mouth shut. Um, and, and this is without even talking about the whole idea of a Republican treaties and, and, and all that sort of crap, uh, which it is. It, it's just rubbish, um, you know, and, and reparations. I mean, hey, who, who pays reparations? Um, and then what happens from there? Uh, you know, do we go back even further and have reparations from whatever else because and, – and this is the thing. If we're living on – actually, no, I won't go there for that one. I will talk about that one. I'll leave that one for another another podcast. But, yeah, it's – and here I am. See, I'm, I'm censoring my own thoughts. Uh, but not, not necessarily. I just want to – because that's going to be a big rant. I want to leave that one for a later discussion uh, for that. So, once again, pushing the idea of republic. So – if she's pushing the idea of, of Australia becoming a republic, hasn't she gone against her own oath of parliament? Uh, so that's the question that needs to be asked, regardless of what you think about what Pauline Hanson said. Um, for those who have pledged loyalty to uh, the Queen, heirs and successors, who it's likely to be King Charles III now, if you're pushing something that is going to undermine them, are you breaching, you know, are you going against your oath of office? Uh, so, you know, th- th- this is something that I think we need to challenge, we need to test uh, for that. So, 
Yeah, but, it, you know, it, it's a thing. I think Pauline Hanson's entitled to say what she said, uh, whether we like it or not. Um, I think in this instance that she's she's absolutely spot on, uh, same as all these other people, uh, other watermelons and, and socialists and Marxists and communists and fascists and, and all that sort of stuff out there that are complaining about the system of government that we have. Um, you know what, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, or... or you know, actually, no, you, you, you don't do something to try and change it because that's what they're doing. They're pushing all this stuff out there because they want to see what we have destroyed. They want us to live in, uh, you know, the whole World Economic Forum's Great Reset where, you know, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. There'll be a one-world government and it will be the ruling class or the evil class that get to decide what's going on uh, for that. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it's just that. Um, yeah, it's it's something that we need to wake up to. And um, talking about waking up, it's going to be. I'll have that in my rant uh, that I'm going to have a bit later on uh, for that. So yeah, it's 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 you know my big rant's coming. So bear with me for that one. It, it's going to come in, and I think it will. Um, uh, hopefully, raise some eyebrows or can get some people talking uh now speaking of getting people talking uh when was it the 12th so a couple of days ago now Avi Yemeni did uh something on the on his rebel news thing that talks about the department victorian department of education's policy on uh what is it lgbtq or trans rights or something like that Basically, it's under the uh, what they call the Safe Schools Initiative. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, LGBTIQ student support. Now, um, I think that there is a, a vast difference between student support and student indoctrination and that's where this policy goes. This policy goes towards indoctrination because it is... Um, going through uh, gender affirming and regardless of what your thoughts are, um, these these people at high schools and, and primary schools are children. Um, children can't consent, uh, so how can they have something affirmed um, and what does it place, you know, what responsibility does it, the school place on, the you know, their affirming attitude or affirming behaviours now if later on that individual turns around and says, hey, you know what, I made the wrong decision. Uh, and, and you know, this is something that needs to generally be asked, is that what liability does the school have? Um, just on that one, uh, you may be aware I did have a bit of a rant about that uh, in an earlier podcast. I uh, was told by the school that it would be raised. Um, then it was skipped because it was, I think the August meeting was held, held back uh, it was going to be in the October one, which is a face-to-face one um, for that. So hopefully uh, there's not a big pantomime uh, that it's just a, a process of indoctrinating the parents into agreeing with what the school is doing. Hopefully uh, there will be uh, a chance to have a genuine discussion about that and, and even um, you know push back on it. Uh, I don't think that this stuff has a place in schools. Um, yes, I do believe that 
you know, we should be, schools should be a um, supportive environment for children, uh, especially when it comes to, comes to learning and, uh, and things like that and um, freedom from particular nasty behaviours, though it, it's a thing I don't think that they should be affirming um, children's identity. Now, that being said, thanks to the Andrews regime and uh, the uh, Labor-leaning or Labor-affiliated crossbench, namely being Andy Medic, Fiona Patton and uh, Samantha Ratnam, uh, we have the what they call uh, the, the gay conversion bill was passed, I think that was last year and is in, in force now, which basically says that if your son comes home and says, I want to be a woman, I want to be a girl, call, you know, um, for that, if you say anything that's not affirming, well, you're in breach of that legislation and you can be civilly prosecuted for that. And it's the thing is that, you know, if, if they come home and say, I think I want to be a girl, and you say, oh, hang on, let's go and have a chat to someone about it. That professional, whether it's your um, church pastor, your uh, minister or a psychologist or social worker or counsellor or anything like that, they can't say, no, let's have a discussion about it. Are you really? Because that's not affirming their identity. And if, you, if, if they get um, reported, then that behaviour leaves them for civil prosecution as well. So... This is the thing: is that um, it's yeah, it, it, it's it goes so much deeper than that. And it's um, hang on, let me find it. Uh, Children's Hospital is doing. Where is it? There we go. Uh, Royal Children's Hospital is what they call. They have a gender service. Um, let me find um, oh, assessment. Uh, children under eight, the initial consult will um, entail a review by a psychologist or child psychiatrist. Uh, maybe referred to a paediatrician, um, adolescence, treatment. There you go. Treatment provided by the gender, uh, gender service involves development of a comprehensive management plan made in collaboration with a child or adolescent and their family. Following your initial assessment, you'll be offered four appointments with a child or adolescent psychologist or, and so, or psychiatrist and then a paediatrician, both of whom specialise in gender identity. For prepubertal gender diverse children, assistance is provided to develop gender-affirming environments both at home and at school. Once puberty starts, options for medical and treatment include puberty suppression, uh, which includes puberty blockers. Now, uh, gender-affirming treatment, uh, hormone treatment. Actually, it doesn't say if there's surgery. Um, it yeah, but having a look at, at – there's a video with it and, like, holy shit, man, um, that video is something that is enough to, uh, you know, get everyone um, annoyed and uh, pissed off about, um, especially when you have a look at uh, the referral form. Where's the referral form? 
uh, because it talks about uh, support groups, education. Oh, I can't find it. But, you know, the referral form basically talks about, uh, you know, assigned at birth and, and it's, yeah, it, it's one of those things that, oh, there we go, interactive referral form. Um, it's just one of those things that you have to ask yourself, what the hell are we doing to our children? Um, so it says sex assigned at birth, um, mental health, um, pubertal status is uh, estimated as required, blood tests are not required, birth, birth assigned female, are they pre-menage or post-menage, um, birth assigned male, voice deepened or voice not deepened. Um, reason for referral uh, and if, if this organisation is doing surgery on these children, they need to have their um, licence revoked and ability to operate um, on anything, um, you know, on, on anybody they need to have that that ability withdrawn because this is the thing children children cannot consent i mean you have a look at it um it's yeah it, it is it is bad it is like when you start looking into this stuff it is it is something that our children are being indoctrinated at school and they're not being educated they're not you know then anything it's it's indoctrination um as I've said in, in, in previous podcasts, some of the school council meetings that I've turned up to, it just it makes you seriously question the ability of these teachers and um, professionals that we entrust with the care of our children. Uh, you know their ability to to function in uh, normal society, not an agenda driven society, at least which is what we're doing now. And yeah, so it, it it's 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 just I mean there's there's so much that I want to rant about Pat, this one, but uh, yeah, it's just something that um is is disgusting, uh, and it's being reaffirmed by the Andrews regime, whose you know sole goal is to break up the family unit because that's what the fascists want. Uh, they want the family unit and the social unit to be broken down where the only person who can look after someone is the state. Uh, you know, the state is the one that, that can provide for everyone, hence their obsession with uh, payments and handouts and everything like that. Um, you know, free education. Oh, you come and do this and we'll provide you free education. So, yeah, it, it's the thing. We, we need to get away from this, that the state is... Uh, the all-encompassing one that, that looks after us and move back to a place where uh, we are the ones that, you know, the, the, the government is there for us and because of us. And once we get to the point or which we should be past that point now where we just withdraw support from the government, well, then they've lost their social licence. And with what the Andrews regime has done over the last two years, uh, it's... You know, I, I think it, it's well past the time for you know a, a wake up call um, to turn around and say, no, you know, we need to do things different. Uh, but yes, so 
Now, whilst I'm almost stepping on my soapbox for that one, um, I will step on the soapbox for this this last uh, point, that I, the last topic that I do want to talk about. And this is something that, you know, as with everything else, I do have a bit of a, a personal involvement with it. So, uh, you know, th- there's reasons for me talking about it. Now, this one, uh, pretty much even more so, uh, it's come out that... Uh, the uh, who is it? Visa and Mastercard and uh, American Express are going to adopt uh, changes in the merchant category code. Uh, yeah, merchant category code put out by the ISO um, International Standards Organizations um, for that. So, what these uh, category codes are now is that they. Uh, give a specific category code for uh, firearms and ammunition purchases. And now the the Yanks don't like that because it's uh, you know potentially goes against their uh, you know th- their constitutional right uh, and all that sort of stuff and creates a, a default gun registry uh, and all that sort of stuff. So. It's um, you know it, it's something that is is big in the US that they're making or starting to get bigger in the US starting to make comments about it now. What I do want to rant about is that no one at at time of recording this, I have not seen any of the shooting bodies in Australia, let alone Victoria or anything like that, make any comments about it. Now, the last time, okay, having a look at Sporters and Shooters Association of Australia. Media, is it media or is it news? Oh, there you go. All oh, SSA news. There you go. Um, the last thing that they posted was the fourteenth of September, which was an update on handgun participation requirements. So basically, LRDs, um, you know, reducing the amount of ammunition and shots that need to be fired, allowing clubs to change that because ammunition and reloading equipment is becoming scarce. Uh, um, which they say. You know, is it supply chain problems or whatever? Uh, there was one about gun theft continues to decline. Uh, one about National Day of Mourning uh, and the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, so there's been nothing there uh, on that. Um, and I think this is what this is what happens when. Um, membership of these organisations is legislated and that they know that they don't have to do much because, you know, their view is, oh, you know, why should we be active and, and why should we put up genuine protests and, and, you know, genuinely protect the interests of our members when they have to join us anyway. Um, you know, sadly, a majority of people join the Sporting Shooters Association because they have a number of ranges around the state uh, and then a number of subclubs and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's... It's easier to do that. Now, I think that it's high time that the uh, shooting community got together and, and actually started putting pressure on these organisations to actually, you know, stand up for this legal pastime. Um, yes, I do. Uh, I'm involved in um, trap trap shooting, you know, those little clay, clay targets or whatever you want to call it um, and all that sort of stuff. So... Uh, and, and target shooting uh, for that. So it's it's the thing is that they need to do 
actually make a dedicated effort to push back against the encroachment uh, of our ability to to participate in this sport by the, the various regimes and the and the, the bureaucracy and everything like that. So, uh, going back to this now, why are the um, MCCs relevant in Australia? Understanding that we do have uh, state firearms registries for that now. This is the thing. Is this uh, something that is going to become national uh, because the states, um, you know, whilst they're at the moment, they don't share that information with the Commonwealth. Uh, what's to stop the Commonwealth going to Visa or a MasterCard and saying, hey, can you give us an information, you know, rundown of, of this, who buys what, because the states can't talk uh, for that. But then that billing information can be handed over. Uh, from there, so then, then the the next thing is, what happens at the state level? Is the uh, you know, let's say you've got a shoot coming up on the weekend, so you've got you know you've got practice that you want to put in. Um, if you do one round of uh, down the line, you're probably looking at if you do a double shot for each one, uh, ten. You're probably looking about fifty shots there. Uh, for that one, so if you do one round, let's say you do two or three rounds, uh, you know, you do. Th- let's say you do three rounds, uh, there's the potential of 150 shells there. Uh, and then let's say if you want to compete and, you know, however many that you're doing there, you could go through, you know, a couple of hundred rounds of um, shot shells just to have a practice and then compete. But then what happens when you go back? And you want to go to the shop and, you know, you go to your local gun store and say, hey, you know, I want two slabs of, of shot shells. And then it comes back and your you visa, you put it, you know, you pay with it by visa card or MasterCard and, no, sorry, declined because that's visas decided that that is uh, not a reasonable amount. That is a, a major purchase and that you can't do that. So what happens there? And don't say that it's not going to happen. Oh, but you know, it won't happen. And who's to say that it won't? I mean, the other side of the coin is that who's to say that, you know, you do go and purchase it and then, you know what, you're driving home and then the next day you get a knock on the door. Oh, hello, it's um, Sergeant Smith here from the local police station. Uh, we've got a notification that you've bought, you know, 400 shot shells or, you know, 200 rounds of, of whatever it is. Uh, what are you going to do with that? And uh, can you explain, explain explain to us why you've got so much ammunition? And then what do you do? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm competing over the weekend. But then what happens if you're not? What happens if something comes, you know, let's say you get the dreaded woo flu and you can't compete. And then, you know, you've still got that ammunition. Are they going to turn around and say, okay, well, hey, you said you were going to shoot over the weekend. You didn't. Now you need to surrender that because that's an excessive amount of ammunition or they will take it. Um, so... You know what? This is the thing. Don't don't think that this stuff's not going to happen because it will. And so, but then, oh no, I'll just pay cash. Well, what's going to happen when the central bank digital currency comes out, where you can't pay for things in cash anymore, where everything's hooked up to your your card, and it turns around with that, and then your ESG score says no, you can't do that. Yes, you're buying, you know, you're, you're not buying meat or anything like that and you've, you've given up your 
gas-guzzling diesel or your gas-guzzling V8 for a, a hybrid vehicle. So that gives you a little bit more on the environmental. But then, hey, you're just doing this, which, hey, you know what? You've got too much ammunition or you're going buying ammunition. So no, sorry, your ESG scores dropped. And then because of that, we've got to put your home line up by, you know, two percentage points. Uh, for that so you're going to pay more on your home loan and you, your credit cards just in the the um, interest rates increased but then your limits also decreased because we, we don't want you buying more of that stuff we want you to buy what we say you can buy and you know this is the thing don't don't think for a moment that that's not going to happen because it's coming and this is the thing people need to wake up and start putting pressure on especially coming up to a state election, start putting pressure on your local member who wants to get re-elected. If they don't want to get re-elected and they haven't been uh, endorsed or by their party or anything like that, talk to the candidates. Ask the candidates, what's your views on this? What's your views on that? And, uh, you know, they should be coming out and turning around and saying, no, we oppose Visa, uh, MasterCard and Amex having more information. Now, just having a look at this, um, oh, where is it? Citibank has put out a 37-page document on the category codes and there's um, category codes for agricultural services, contracted services, transportation, utility services, retail outlet services, clothing stores, miscellaneous stores, business services, professional and membership, professional services and membership organisations government services and then there's another one for uh travel uh which is uh airlines car rental and lodging now then it goes down to uh break down what it is so let's say agricultural services now the uh, mcc it's a four digit code uh, for agricultural services, it's between triple zero one and one four double nine. Now that at the moment is broken down to three, which is veterinary services, agricultural co-ops, and horticultural, horticultural and landscaping services. Uh, contracted services is general contractors, residential, commercial, air conditioning, electrical contractors, insulation, masonry, carpentry, roofing, concreting, etc., etc. Uh, but then we have a look at transportation. So that's got a bigger one. Um, uh, where are we? Utility services have their own codes. Um, retail outlet services. So this is in the range of 5000 to 5599 now, motor vehicle supplies and new parts is both for Visa and MasterCard, uh, commercial and office office and commercial furniture, construction, uh, office and photographic uh, metal services. It goes through all of that. Durable goods, not elsewhere classified. 5111 is stationary office supplies, printing and writing paper. 5122 is drugs, drug proprietors and druggist sundries. Um, what else have we got? Okay, 5192 is books, periodicals, periodicals and newspapers. Um, 5309 is duty-free stores. 5310 is discount stores. Um, bakeries are 5462. Uh, what else we got? Dyer stores, 
fuel fuel dispenser automated is five five four two. Service stations with or without ancillary services is five five four one. Clothing stores. Uh, it has men's and boys' clothing, uh, women's ready-to-wear, women's accessory and specialty stores, children's and infants, family clothing stores, sports apparels and riding stores, shoe stores, furriers and fur shops, men and women's clothing stores, alterations, mending, seamstress, tailors, wig and toupee shops, accessory and apparel stores, miscellaneous. Um, and then there's miscellaneous stores, which is all sorts of other stuff. Now, the proposal for that... Does it say? Um, I think I was going in the general retail bit. Um, I can't see. I think yeah, it was going to be a, a five five thousand code. Uh, doesn't say. Um, it doesn't say what, what number it's going to be, but it from what I saw of the uh, initial thing was that it was going to be a um, just under general uh, under a general retail thing uh, because your firearm stores and, and all that sort of stuff were going to be uh, they're originally classed as, as just general retail. Um, so, but you know, th- this is the thing. This is coming. Uh, it's all. It all relates to ESG, a way to track your payments and create a buying profile of a t- particular person. Uh, we've seen uh, TNT, uh, TNT Express, or I think they're merging with FedEx or changing their name to FedEx or something like that. Uh, about twelve months ago, or maybe two years now, we've um, really blurred the lines on on how long things are, how far away things are. Um, they've decided that they're no longer going to carry firearms. Um, you know, for, for transportation between stores, um, interstate and, and all that sort of stuff. So they're no longer going to do that. So that caused a bit of a um, bit of a headache for people because they're general freight. And so it reduces the um, competition that's out there for those who do need to transport firearms. And you know, this is it. These, these are all legal firearms, which it is a legal uh, thing to do to transport it between one, like, you know, Let's say, for argument's sake, I'm a Victorian, want to buy a particular firearm from Queensland. Then, if it's an individual, that individual goes to a dealership. The dealer contacts my preferred dealer down here in Victoria. They organise a transfer. So, I think normally it costs about 45, 50 bucks to send a firearm. I think it goes registered. Not sure who it goes by uh, for that, and it gets sent, you know, interstate. so you can't have person-to-person transfers. Uh, it needs to be uh, signed off by a dealership uh, for that. And same as, you know, even if I was buying one here in Victoria, let's say there was one in, um, you know, Ballarat, um, the individual would take it to their Ballarat and they'd send it to, you know, the preferred gun store here. Or, you know, the other thing, I could all drive all the way to Ballarat and do it. Um, the legality of that, I'm not quite sure. Uh, for that one, so yeah, it, it's the thing. Um, it's it's coming. SG's coming. Um, we need to start talking to politicians, uh, get their views on it, get them to oppose it, and start doing something about it because it's going to be here sooner rather than later. And once it's here, we're all in trouble. So, anyway, um, that's about it for this one. So, thanks for listening, and I look forward to having you join me on the next one. 
Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.